0: hello
1: hello rebecca yeah hi rebecca hey how
0: are you i'm good how are you doing
1: not bad how are things in florida nice weather (laughs) are you guys on quarantine yet or not yet we
0: kind of do like a half-ass quarantine (laughs) because it's florida (laughs)
1: like uh Non effective quarantine,
0: yeah, like it's chosen and you can kind of people are still doing whatever they want to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I heard people were still spring breaking not too long ago, so I'm like, I don't, yeah, I saw the other day, like, uh, the president and like the governor were kind of like, well, the governor said. Hey, I'm not gonna do a quarantine unless mm-hmm. like the president tells me to do. And then the president's like, "Well, we're not gonna tell you to do one unless you want to do it." Oh. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of memes about everyone locking down in Florida just straight up chilling, which chilling. is
1: not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you staying safe?
0: Um, I, you know, I'm trying to stay positive. I'm fortunate enough to work for a company that's, you know, staying really positive and in a natural healthcare field that. Okay. promotes that so my whole rationale is sort of just like okay well let me look at the natural ways i can heal myself my family and focus on that
1: i know i saw that you're really into gut health and um what else you're just like overall holistic health options yeah
0: I I like studying all natural things I'm kind of studying herbalism and natural stuff on the side so kind of anything I'm a bit of a junkie when it comes to it so anything I can get my hands on I'm kind of spending my quarantine time although I'm working kind of buying books and and researching
1: so how long have you been in like the health field
0: um professionally a couple weeks oh cool (laughs) Um, personally a couple of years, so okay. it's been definitely something I've been studying for a long time through my own um, situation and health issues. And recently Crohn's. just, right. I have, I have Crohn's disease, which is auto, an autoimmune disorder. Yeah. And I've had that since I was, I've had that for about 15 years. Okay. So definitely dealing with that and kind of just educating myself as much as possible because you have to sort of be your own advocate.
1: Absolutely, because you have mm-hmm. to know your body and what's going on. And...
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, I have a chronic illness as well. I have sickle cell disease, so mm. I've actually known a few people with Crohn's. I, I feel like it's it became very it's... popular, kind of.
0: Yeah, it is because we're around and... the same age, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm twenty. I'll be twenty nine in April.
1: Okay, I'm twenty seven. So yeah. Okay. 28 Yeah. In May. So. Yeah. <laughs> soon but
0: yeah definitely um autoimmune disorders and digestive disorders have definitely become a little more heightened in the last couple years I think just with looking back and how I ate kind of growing up and microwave my food and over sugar and it kind of killed off all my good gut bacteria Mm. which a lot of people do and then you have these digestive disorders
1: it's it's very interesting, like, what made you start kind of, like, reflecting on that aspect of it?
0: Um, it because I wasn't really told good information. Like, mm. doctors, you know, are kind of masking symptoms and dealing with one area of the body. And what I've learned is you have to treat the body as a whole. If you get a rash on your arm or your leg... That has nothing to do with your arm or your leg necessarily, unless you, you know, touch something poisonous, but it could be just a response to something you've eaten. It could be a response to something in your home environment. So treating your body truly like an entire system and not just one piece um, to, to find those answers.
1: I wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard at first because you kind of looked at really skeptically if uh, you disagree with the doctor. Like, people are like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. arrogant. You think you're no more than the doctor. It's like, well, yeah, some doctors have agendas and actually it's more (laughs) like most of them kind of have. And but
0: it's really not it's not their fault either. I mean, they're sort it's a of a whole system behind trained. it.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. They they kind of have to they have to sort of follow this certain procedure or they're actually fine for malpractice. Yeah, believe it or not. They're so not
1: safe unless they go very specific routes.
0: Right. Like if they don't prescribe you this medication and they don't kind of, you know, only spend this time with you or whatever it is, or meet this quota, they're fine with malpractice. They cannot by law tell you certain things. And it's, they're just not educated the same way. I've told my doctors, I take elderberry syrup, which is literally just a berry concentrated into a syrup, which is a high concentrated dose of vitamin C. And they look at me like I'm taking alternative medication. Like, it's at CVS, it's at Walgreens, it's it's available, and they have no idea what it is. It's not their fault, it's just the system and their training.
1: It's like you didn't have to travel to, like, South America to go get
0: right your
1: supply and muddle it <laughs> back into the country or anything.
0: Exactly, I'm not taking, like, herbs I found on the side of the street, and I have no idea what they are. So it's, it's just, it's their training, it's their system, you know, you have to sort of do a little research and find those kind of natural practitioners that can educate you a little further.
1: And I think Crohn's is a disease that is often misdiagnosed, or if I'm not.
0: Mm hmm Yeah, for me, there's, I guess, three markers, and I meet two of the three of them. Because, I mean, I've talked to people, and I sort of have it on, like, the, low end of the spectrum of how bad it could be but it's very easily misdiagnosed because there's so many tests and they're just like all right we're gonna assume it's this because we're out of ideas but in retrospect I think you know going through tests at such a young age as 15 years old you know I wish I was sort of okay well what are you eating I'm not eating lunch I'm eating starburst for lunch Mm -hmm. you know I'm eating sugars and I'm eating this and that so And I recently was in the hospital for a bowel obstruction, and I was told, you can eat whatever you want. I'm like, you're kidding, right?
1: That doesn't make sense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That makes no sense. And I eat generally pretty healthy, but for a standard American diet to just be told, you can eat whatever you want, after I just sort of skated by surgery, like, maybe don't say that to people.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: So it's definitely interesting and definitely I advise everyone to do their own research, no matter what situation they're in.
1: So like with your, um, so like for, for you, your health journey has played a big part in other facets of your life, such as your career. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how's it affected you socially?
0: Um, I think It definitely affects you socially. In my early 20s, you know, kind of fitting in and, like, going out and eating fast food and drinking was not an option. So it always kind of made me feel a little left out. And because if I ate those things or if I drank a certain amount, I would get sick. Like, it would – I'd have a miserable time. And then I'm sort of the dud at the party. Like, great. Great. So it definitely affected me socially a little bit, but I'm fortunate that I have really good friends and people around me that has al- have always understood. Um, and I've sort of just come to terms with like, I'm not gonna be, um, I'm not gonna be the girl that eats fast food at two o'clock in the morning. It, I've learned, you know, that's probably not best anyway.
1: The quote unquote but... cool girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, and as far as like drinking and being social with friends, I've definitely can't do that in the same respects I can have you know a glass of uh, half a glass of wine every now and then or whatever it is but I can't really keep up in that same way and I stopped trying to because it will physically make me so sick and it's just not worth it so I've gone as far as bringing my own food to restaurants if I need to or making modifications where I need, needed to but it's it's just I've grown into that and I'm gotten really comfortable with that because it's so much easier to feel good than to try to fit in.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. So like what made you decide to go into it as a career? Like how did it become a passion for you?
0: I think we always go into careers or try to find passions where we lack. I, before I was doing this, I was actually in education for almost 10 years. And I went into education because I needed the kind of adult I was growing up in the school system. And I became that. And for my health.
1: Thank you for doing that, by the way.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Um, And so I needed a coach. I needed guidance. I needed help and wasn't receiving that on this other end of my life. So we sort of grow into what we need. And where there's a lack in support in some capacity. So I decided a year ago, although studying it on my own, that I would sort of get that certification to help others and and build that up for myself.
1: So what kind of things did you see in the good and bad in the education Mm -hmm. system?
0: Oh, goodness. (laughs) Um, The education system is definitely, like most systems, a little bit broken. And I loved working with kids, and I loved that interaction that I got with them. It was my favorite part of the day. But I definitely think mental health above everything else is lacking for everybody. The teachers are overworked and underpaid and not given the support they necessarily need. And, you know, parents don't always parent anymore and aren't getting, you know, the education they might need because they have full-time jobs and to raise children on top of that is a lot. And, you know, mental health is very much overlooked. I've seen a lot of students struggling with that at a young age where they should not ever have to question that. And I just think we have to do better as adults to kids are not ours to kind of control. They're ours to teach in a way that they can handle their own stuff. So, you know, my role has always been honesty as much as I can. And to have those teachable moments where it's just like, be kind, be this. And it's okay to be upset and frustrated, just better strategies to deal with it. We're expecting kids to sit down for eight hours a day and not go outside and not play and not get fresh air and not have temper tantrums. Adults have temper tantrums. It's just not realistic. So I just think we can do better as a whole to just teach them better and help them become better people when they're adults.
1: So why do you think kids are now struggling more with mental health than ever before? or it's starting younger it seems
0: it's starting younger and I'll tell you that I've I'm you know I'm friends with people kind of in all different age brackets and friend of, friends of mine who are about 20, 21 were having having conversation about a rapper I don't know who don't keep up with that kind of stuff and whatever the conversation was I heard 5th graders who are 10 have the exact same conversation and they're just exposed to so much more. And the problem is that they're exposed to so much more about sex, about drugs, about whatever it is, but it's still so taboo apparently to talk about it. And I don't understand that. You have so many publicized inform- so much publicized information out there that's so accessible to these kids. And yet you don't want to talk about it because it's, it, it's too much well, then they're just going to read it somewhere else and they're getting false information. Um, I don't like that those things are taboo. I've always been an advocate, to be honest. So I couldn't really talk about those things, obviously, with my students. But I, you know, have babysat kids. And if they ask questions, I've always been honest and upfront with them about that kind of stuff because they should know true answers. And when you don't have true answers and you kind of are struggling with your identity and figuring out who you are as a person at a younger age, you need real information. You need facts. You need someone to not be afraid to talk about those things.
1: Definitely. So going back, like bringing it full circle, Mm -hmm. what was your experience as a student in our education system?
0: really crappy and I education wise I don't feel like I got a real good well-rounded education in the public school system uh, my mom actually hates when I bring up like my high school days because I watch the Simpsons and Family Guide for the first time in school and she's like I don't understand why you, why um I didn't feel like I had the support from adults. I didn't feel like they noticed anything. I was a shy kid and was bullied and picked on and dealt with that for many years. And it went unnoticed by adults because they didn't pay attention. So that was really frustrating for me. So me going into education, <clears throat> excuse me, and wanting to be that adult that noticed, that noticed those kids, that noticed the shy kids that were hurting. And I did that for many years. So kind of walking away, knowing that I undid my own trauma for other students.
1: That's very powerful. Hmm. Well, it's hard to, I think, walk away from something when you feel it's part of your purpose. Mm-hmm. And kind of knowing when that purpose has ended. Yeah. What? What was kind of your thought process behind that between saying maybe I need to go to a new stage in life?
0: That was actually really hard because I'd been there so long. I've known a lot of these kids for several years and their siblings on top of that. And it was very bittersweet because the reason I stayed as long as I did was because of them. You know, who else is going <laughs> to? Look out for for them the same way. I know they're in good hands and there's so many caring people at the school I was at. But, you know, it's different. I, you know, I want to be there. So it was bittersweet, but it was time for me to grow. It was time for me to, I still want to learn more. I still want to do better and more. So making the decision to, okay, this is the right opportunity. This is the right time. I know they're going to be okay. I've done my part here and I just have to move forward. So it was definitely bittersweet and I was surprised at some of their reactions because they were upset and I didn't expect that in this. I I knew some of them were going to be, but like my fifth grade boys, I didn't expect that from them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really sweet and kind of I ended, I left with, you know, really lovely messages and kind of validated, you know, that purpose that I went there for. Well,
1: that's great. At least you could end on a um, high note. Yeah, for sure. And were you able to transition at the end of the year or was it? No, this was
0: um, just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. So
1: th- this is a, a very this is new. new. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So this,
1: this is, is just your just new a job. Weeks ago. You came from teaching yeah okay well congrats
0: thank you everything was
1: so fresh
0: (laughs) yeah the last like month has been very interesting so what are you discovering
1: in your new job like what you can tell I know privacy and everything like that yeah um,
0: I'm a certified health coach so I got a job um, doing that and I'm really just learning a lot of information I've sort of been on my own learning you know for the last couple years so being around other people that kind of view healthcare similarly is really refreshing and viewing autoimmune diseases and things like that I'm I'm just learning a lot of information and I'm sort of just absorbing right now um but it's exciting and I'm again I'm excited to work for someone that is is not freaking out right now and is calm and is totally fine going virtual and is excited about it and all of those things. Right. Yeah.
1: I think um, more progressive companies are doing a better job of um, handling this crisis.
0: Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of uh, a couple of my friends, their bosses, you know, refuse to go virtual. I'm like, well, it's probably going to need to happen eventually in the next couple of weeks, regardless, like at least figure it out now. Cause There are kinks that need to be worked out. There's some technical difficulties in the first, you know, day or two. So figuring them out now while you have the opportunity to kind of move back and forth is really the best solution.
1: It's odd that people are adverse to change. Mm -hmm. It just seems like inevitable.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not way too. I'm someone that doesn't like change if it's not in my control. So I have to stage that in for myself and sort of mentally prepare. But what I found for me, because I'm not someone that's really good with fast moving change is if I can control myself, my own little inside world, I, everything else around me, I don't care about. So focusing on those little things you can control your attitude, your perception, your small little world, I try to focus on that. You know, I can't control how my parents view things or my friends view things, but I can control how I wake up and how I choose to look at the world.
1: I think you can't control things. Um, I think ultimately at best mm-hmm. um, you can influence other people. And I think you can't really influence people with just words. It really has right. to be by example. So
0: Exactly. No, I agree
1: with that. And so it's like, I, I struggle with that too. Like, um, you know, just wanting things to be, you know, kind of the way I envision them. And if they're not, I'm like, okay, I have to make an adjustment. I'm so much mm-hmm. better at that now than I was, you know, um, as a middle schooler with OCD. But right you know, now... You know, I'm, I'm pretty go with the flow and I actually uh, making adjustments is a strong suit now.
0: Yeah. No, those those changes are really powerful. And especially when we're struggling internally, we need everyone around us to be perfect. Um, At least how that's how I feel like yeah. I'm having a problem. I need you to have your stuff together. So. I need
1: you to be <laughs> at full strength be so that I can make it through. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, so definitely being in a place where I feel confident and I can help others and, all right, I'm in a good place. I know I can influence others to kind of be more positive by my own actions.
1: You know, my mom always says I I hold her to that standard when things aren't going right for me. You know, it's like, you need me to be perfect. I'm like, (laughs) maybe there's some truth to that, but still. Yeah. (laughs) Just
0: be better for like a little bit. Just, so yeah, I can be just a, a little mess. Mess. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> but um, you know, going back to kind of um, mm-hmm. you know, the theme of the podcast. So yeah, what is like the dating culture like in Florida, where you're a part of That's Florida okay. in particular? Because Florida is very like kind of city city based. Uh-huh
0: dating and dating in general sucks let's just be very honest about that one dating in general pretty much sucks dating in florida sucks so bad
1: (laughs) um tell us how you really feel
0: (laughs) i hate dating i cannot stand dating i don't understand the concept of dating it is the most awkward it's awful because Okay, you download whatever app, you swipe left or right, and in Florida, here are your options. You get the tattooed guy that thinks he's a badass and he's broke and he's not, or you get the guy that's holding a fish and sunburned. Like, I am not into either of those things. So, on the rare occasion, I get someone that looks like they've bathed and are educated um. And not educated with, like, an Ivy League college, but just has some common sense. Um, okay, then you you strike up a conversation. And either I'm going to get, you know, a weird sexual fetish within the first 15 minutes and I have to block you. Or we meet up and there's no conversation. No one knows how to have a conversation. So, yeah, it's really it's exciting stuff. And... I've never been good at it because I don't – I don't like people right away. Like I like to see someone's character. I like to see someone's soul. I like to see who they really are. And dating is like an hour of your best behavior and your cleanest shirt. I'm like, this is not you. So I can't like – even if I think you're good looking or whatever, I'm like, this isn't you.
1: I'm not going to fall for this trap.
0: No. And I'm I'm like, I'm bored. So – It's kind of a dud, and then even if it goes decently, okay, it's whatever. You have to have a couple dates to figure it out. But for me personally, I get guys that, you know, are like, eh, I didn't feel the chemistry. You felt the chemistry an hour ago when you asked me to go back to your apartment, and I said no. But now there's no chemistry, and you don't want a second date. Got it. So it's just a very strange culture um of dating and it's just i hate it and i refuse to do it and on occasion i'll download an app and then i'll delete it within about 48 hours
1: <laughs> you know what it's very for me i yeah. rarely have used dating apps mhm um and it's like but that's how actually i met um amanda Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amanda's a good, a good, uh, going out person.
1: Yeah. She's like a social (laughs) butterfly. Definitely. Yeah. Setter, socialite. Um, Exactly. She's super funny.
0: No, she's amazing. I love her. Yeah.
1: So shout out to Amanda.
0: Yes. We love
1: Amanda. Team Amanda. But, (laughs) um, and for the listeners, check out that episode. We, did with Amanda um the uh what is it love is blind review yes Yes. good episode good information um
0: I refuse to watch that show but
1: it's yeah I think (laughs) I can't remember if like I had already started watching it or if but somehow, like, Amanda prompted me to watch it. Like, I don't know if it was just her of stories. She did. And then we started talking, facts. and then I was like, wait, maybe this could be a good idea for the podcast to watch it.
0: Yeah. I refuse to watch any of those kind of shows or The Bachelor. I cannot stand them.
1: You know, but my guilty it's... pleasure is actually kind of Florida based. I'm a uh, C.S. Mm-hmm. The Key guy.
0: Oh, no. Like, the trashy Jersey Shore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, like, my low-key
0: guilty, guilty pleasure. pleasure.
1: I'm like...
0: <laughs> no, I watched it, too. I'm like, let's see how ratchet this actually it, is. And it is bad. It's pretty bad. It is,
1: it's getting worse. It is,
0: it is. And I thought, like, the Jersey Shore was nasty. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure these people have not bathed in six years. I, I cannot. It's a little too much this is why florida has a bad name and they're not
1: wrong florida has a lot going on there's a lot of different culture clashes (laughs) it's a lot
0: it's a lot i always kind of say the more south you get in florida the more south of the border and the more north the more kind of country it's gonna be Uh, so so what
1: made you live in florida
0: yeah my family lives here i was raised raised here
1: you were born in this Mm-hmm.
0: i met amanda here we grew yeah. up here so but yeah back to your your dating app uh story i know that's how you met amanda mm-hmm. but how how do people date i don't understand i
1: uh, i like i don't know as much anymore um <laughs> because i feel like uh, most times in my relationships it's like you know, I'll just kind of, like, meet girls randomly, and then right, um we'll hang out, and then I have more flings with girls than I do actual, like, we're dating. Proper dating. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you know, but I, like, do know what the process should look like. I'm actually writing a book on that but oh, nice. I don't necessarily Some something usually happens where we don't get to a certain stage in the process mm-hmm. there's some level of disconnect but actually I think I was talking to Amanda about this where I got the impression that guys are really misusing the term chemistry
0: yeah they are
1: and it, it's very like A vague term that they use when
0: it's an excuse, yeah, it's an
1: excuse, yeah, like, Oh, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get sex from this encounter, so Mm -hmm. we don't have there's no chemistry, and then I'm like, Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, uh, that's not how that works for the record, so (laughs) and I know, and it's like I, I try to be very uh balanced when I talk about dating relationships because i see that girls do stuff that isn't or you know women they they do things Mm -hmm. that are just not right either on their end oh i agree guys are really out here just doing really weird stuff and it makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because i'm like i don't i don't want to be a part of this yeah like yeah
0: well and that's the thing it's like okay We've okay, so there's always that double standard. Like, I've had guys message me like eight times in a row if I'm out with a girlfriend, whatever it is, because they want attention. But if I did that, I would be a psychopath, yeah. So I can't do that nonsense. I the guy can do whatever apparently he wants to do, and oh, it's fine, he misses you. No, 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 no but no, no. I do that. I'm psycho. I, I mean,
1: that, that's not how I would read that situation. I would never I advise anyone. To do that by the way if her, i wouldn't either and if you're listening to this podcast or you're <laughs> listening to other dating podcasts I, I can't vouch for all other dating podcasts but if you're listening to some reasonable people um mm-hmm. some level-headed people yeah, level-headed people because don't do that like the, the, what <laughs> in, a, in a reasonable way i want someone to explain to me how that's effective right or why you would perceive that as being cool right even like a really long essay just one text message like that <laughs> can go either way so i don't you might i know it's even a text message and then maybe like hey trying her on the phone <laughs> that that can oh, go that's either way another... but that's a little bit better than eight straight you can't do that no response <laughs>
0: but that's a that's another one like i've you know people i've never met and you know you meet on an app you're texting whatever
1: they want to like talk to you on the
0: phone first i've had a couple like that and i'm like that what okay um mm. so that's always super weird and sketchy to me too no. and you see it's all just no and
1: that's the problem with dating apps Mm-hmm. They create a really superficial reality where it's like yeah. the whole point of game is for social interactions. So mm-hmm. you're skipping a ton of The steps. important part. Yeah, the most yeah. pivotal part when you use dating apps. It's just like, yeah, okay.
0: No, I agree.
1: You're not getting any sense of personality. You're not really seeing someone with their friends you're not seeing how someone fits in socially
0: and just their energy just their energy
1: just right so you're just you're solely basing it on looks and then your response is well what if they don't actually look like this Mm -hmm. right so then you need to verify how they look because that's all you're assessing really
0: all you have to go on
1: on. so then you want to see what their voice is like and and all this other stuff when that's information that you're actually getting if you were out normally socializing in traditional right and you
0: and if you met someone kind of face-to-face for the first time you would get all that information within two minutes
1: within two minutes right because you can't really have chemistry no until you at least have a conversation with someone
0: Exactly. And I've had great texting conversations with people, like just BS, whatever, mm-hmm. and you meet in person and nothing. I'm like, okay. So because you can either have, in my opinion, a really great virtual relationship and nothing face-to-face um, or vice versa. And it's just sort of like, especially when you don't know each other, like sarcasm is not going to translate over text message. Right. You can't, you don't have those inside jokes yet. So, unless you're kind of continually entertaining that person until you meet up, that dies down so quickly. And then you're kind of stuck with nothing. And again, for me, I like seeing who someone is and someone's character. So, on a date, I'm kind of just like, eh, whatever. And then if I get to know you, not in a dating capacity, But just as a friend, I'm like, oh, I see who this person's character is. And I'm really attracted to that. And then I'll notice, like, oh, he's better looking than I thought. Because now I'm attracted to, you know, who he is.
1: Right, someone's intangibles.
0: Right. But now it's also like I kind of already blew him off because (laughs) I didn't want to date him, you know, when we first met when I didn't know him. So it's sort of that weird dynamic that I'm still trying to figure out because – I don't know what I'm doing all the time. And especially in in the dating world.
1: I think for you it's important to um just kind of see someone yeah um before you even consider dating them like dating someone that you, you've seen them interact just on a social basis. Exactly. Like, somehow they fit into your social circle where you maybe have seen them around a couple of times right something like that that would be ideal because then you would have some sort of baseline that you could operate and now when you're when you don't have a baseline then it causes you to fill them out and kind of not be as interested and go about it the same way you know go about it a different way and then you blow it off and then you have to react and kind of put it back together again and it's just too much of a process
0: exactly yeah i exactly and for me like i want to see how you talk about other people you've gone on a date with i want to see how your 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 nature is with that because that's telling me who you are how you view old relationships or how you view other women like that stuff doesn't bother me at all. So it's always really interesting to see that perspective. Because it's how you think.
1: Like, I just saw a uh, TikTok video. Um, I was mm-hmm. trying to post it to Instagram, but it, like, cut off. But anyways, <laughs> um so it was about a woman. And she was saying, like, oh, you want to be... You want me to be your girlfriend? Oh, okay. And she's just, like, normal at first, and then she comes back, and she's dressed as, like, an FBI agent. And she's like, okay. Um, do you have any girl best friends? Oh, okay. Jenny, precious. You're no longer friends with her. <laughs> and it's like, uh, your ex-girlfriend, are you any ex-girlfriends that you're in contact with? Block them immediately. <laughs> okay. And it's, like... It's almost to that point where people are like that. They do have those expectations.
0: They do. And the problem is that those expectations, whether that be, you know, kind of about that or people they're associated with, but any expectations, like who they think a girlfriend or boyfriend or partner should be, aren't talked about. So if I think a partner should kind of be an equal to me and share house chores or whatever it is, and they don't view, you know, a partnership that same way. Okay, well, that's a problem because then if we get involved, I'm expecting you to be my equal and you're expecting me to do all of this stuff alone, and we don't communicate that, that's a problem. So people don't really talk about their expectations of what they think, what they're looking for, what they think a partnership should be. And then they're getting into these petty arguments because they think so and so should be doing this and they're not. Even if it's your sex life, it's your day-to-day activities, whatever it is, people have expectations and you have to sort of discuss that going into a partnership. And I use the word partnership versus boyfriend and girlfriend because I actually hate the terminology and really just want that kind of equal person in my life. And I just think boyfriend and girlfriend has such a stigma in the term and I just refuse to use it i'm not
1: i use it often and i don't when i use it i don't think about it necessarily but i'm not keen with that terminology as much i don't Mm -hmm. think it's uh i guess i feel like it's archaic when i actually take time and think about it periodically which i have done but yeah i i i I do kind of feel like We could use different terminology now.
0: I agree. And, you know, people kind of just like it for the label. People like to to fit into that box. And I don't need to be in the box. (laughs) I'll hang out outside the box. It's fine. You can assume what you want to assume if I'm with somebody. But I definitely think... It just has a certain expectation when you use that word to your friends, your family, and I don't I don't want to fit into those people's expectations.
1: Yeah, and I think now more so, you really don't have to.
0: Yeah.
1: The way the world is set up is just so different than it was before. And I know some people disagree with me about this, but I think just dating dynamics have changed socially so Mm -hmm. much within I would say the last with with the advent of technology with really I mean social media um it's changed dynamics in in a completely different way and I know some people who I respect actually will argue that everything is the same it's just a new kind of format it's a new extension and it's really not
0: It's not at all. And you have, people are getting married later in life. People are, you know, most people are actually choosing more people are choosing not to have children. More people are choosing, you know, to kind of not legally get married and just be partners. So there's so many, I agree that there's so many kind of different options and less of a stigma to kind of follow, but definitely sort of still rationalizing it to a lot of people. Um can still you know to family and other generations that might question what what you're doing but i definitely think that a relationship is your own and to kind of make your own rules for it and the only people that kind of matter are the people that are in that that partnership
1: i think so too and it's like you were describing earlier about just people knowing expectations of others Mm -hmm. and they're given roles like for example, you can say it's like a a fifty fifty partnership, but what is my fifty fifty? You know what's right. my fifty percent? What's your fifty percent? And what what is my role in that? Is it, hey, um I do the laundry, but you make all the meals or
0: mm-hmm.
1: is it we split everything down the line? Or, right. you know, do we utilize each other's strengths or do we try to cover for each other's weaknesses? When we, Are there areas that we're both weak in, or areas that we're both strong in, areas that we both like, or, you know, what does that look like? Right. And um, I, I just often think that um, oftentimes chemistry can kind of be blinding um yes and you focus on other aspects so you don't have those real world practical conversations
0: yeah I mean I think there's a quote that if you take sex out of a relationship you'll really see what people have to offer and it usually is not much um a lot of people kind of build a relationship off that chemistry and that passion and that heat within the first, you know, two minutes. And they try to keep that going to sustain a relationship. And it's not realistic.
1: It's not. It's and not a foundation.
0: It's not a foundation. And you have to sort of relationships are work, they take effort. I don't think they should be an exorbitant amount of effort. They shouldn't take up 90% of your day, they shouldn't be something you're constantly thinking about. And I look at even my friendships, you know, yes, they take effort. I have to reach out to them. I have to check on my friends and make plans and whatever it is, but it's not like, oh my God, I have to text this person. Like it should never feel that way. And I think a lot of people in romantic relationships nitpick at those really tiny details and really put in way too much effort than it's necessarily worth and it's unfortunate because they're like, I've, I've been with this person for two years or whatever it is. I'm like, okay, but that's sometimes how long things last. It's a great two years. Now you, you don't make it a miserable third one.
1: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There isn't. We talked about that on um, the previous episode, um, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, with uh, Heather, Nicole, shout out to Heather. But, I think people need to be comfortable with that, about breaking up yeah. without the trauma, without the drama.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Like, like, you recently just had a transition from going from educator to now in the um, coaching space,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it was okay for you to do that. It was a smooth yeah. transition. It was the the next best thing for you. Right. And... It's okay to look at someone and say, like, we've done all we can do for each other's growth. This is where our journey ends. Yeah. You know?
0: And you can still love somebody and care about them deeply, but it doesn't mean you're in love with them and need to marry them and have their babies. What? That's not what that means. You can love them and let them go. And I think for men and women, because I do see this a lot and, and a lot in men because they don't like being alone. I think being comfortable, single and alone and happy is really important. I think you should never base your happiness in another person. And I think you have to be comfortable in your own skin and to say you're single and to be very confident in that. I know a lot of men and women that don't like to say that they're single because they they feel alone.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with being single if you're working on yourself. Yeah. But I think if you're single and you're complacent, that is problematic.
0: Hmm. No, it's a great time to kind of grow yourself as a person. Right. And even if you are in a relationship, you need to have your own identity. Right. You can't and lose you yourself to... in
1: someone else ever.
0: You, you cannot. And I've, I've been guilty of that in the past. I know a lot of other girlfriends have. So definitely not losing yourself and having your own life and your own growth. And hopefully you and your partner can grow together and evolve spiritually and mentally together. But you definitely, you need your own space. You need your own life. They're just, they should be there to make it better and support you and vice versa, but they should never be that negative or a source of stress in your life.
1: I think absolutely. I think it's, I think the most important factor is probably that both people are committed to understanding and being a part of each other's journey in a supportive way and doing mm-hmm. the work together. And when yep. those factors aren't there, that's when it's it the work does feel heavier. It does feel more excessive mm-hmm. at that point. And that's when you need to reevaluate if that's something you want to continue to do. I agree. And then not everyone is going to be in the same place to do the same amount of work all the time. You know, you, people have different things going on. So, but what is the totality right. of the relationship? Not a, not a stretch of time where you can say, you know, th- there's going to be periods in a relationship where someone is going to be a, I was going to say the uh, boyfriend, girlfriend terms, but we're getting away from them. <laughs> well, no, there's but, but a, a bad There's partner. a
0: point in a relationship. Yeah. There's a point in a relationship where it's not going to be 50-50. It might be 10-90. It might be 80-whatever. It it gets to that point because if you see your partner is going through something, if something's come up, you have to step up a little bit and vice versa. But that doesn't define your relationship. That's a temporary thing. If it continues past that section of time, yes, I understand.
1: But there's always good.
0: Right that should not be the case. It's not the new normal, but it's a temporary shift in that percentage to support your partner because that's why you're there. You know, if someone, my friends are, my friend is, was studying for the bar and was going through all of that. And she couldn't, that's our hundred percent right now. Like if you get 2% of her time, you are very fortunate. So Now
1: in my. Hello. Oh, sorry. Hello. That's okay. Yeah, you're going in and out. Sorry. But yeah mm-hmm. i I absolutely agree and i I think um I think we all kind of suffer from pre-existing um perceptions or almost stigmas of mm-hmm. what we should do like men get the going back to what we were talking about earlier men get the thing where you're not you're not complete or you're not you don't have any value if you don't have mm-hmm. a, a woman in your life or you're never going to reach full potential mm-hmm. if you don't have a woman in your life right whereas women get the you know there's something wrong with you if you're right. not if he doesn't want to marry you past a certain, or you know and so just I think people are really starting to um puncture some of these
0: I'm glad because I hate them <laughs> I, I definitely think we don't have to live up to any of those expectations you know I'm someone who has debated you know marriage and children of my own and, and that kind of future for myself and I've had friends that tell me well you're just not in that place you're just you know not in that place mentally or physically or whatever it is I'm like Yeah, but I don't think I want those things. Like my experience, my knowledge has shifted my perception. And that's sort of a stigma that I'm fighting and I'm debating and whatever it is. But it's sort of, is that normal? Is that the new normal? Is that okay? And I have to make that decision of what's right for me. And I'm single right now. I'm not in any position to, you know, make those choices. But it sort of gives me that space and time to think about what I want my future to look like.
1: I'm I'm having some of those mm-hmm. internal conversations as well. Um I kind of thought I would be married recently oh, wow. I was planning to propose a couple of years back and things kind of yeah. just went south on that. And so I, I never really made that proposal and um don't really have the best relationship with that person. Currently. Well, I'm sorry
0: that things went um, went that way, kind of like but.
1: That. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, that was the second person that I actually kind of really thought that with. I could see myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: being in a marriage. Yeah. And so now I'm kind of reverting. I don't want to say reverting because I'm in a different right. space than I was before, but I'm, I'm kind of just enjoying, um, you know, dating again, meeting new people. You know, I have, yeah, you, know, um, you know, some <laughs> casual situations right now and trying to figure out how to navigate those because I have at least one that's moving You're a little faster life. than yeah. it probably should. Be. Yeah. And. Um, Going Mm -hmm. back to uh, expectations, you know, so it's like, you know, I think the expectation is now that I talk to her every night (laughs) on the phone for like two hours. And that's just not something I want to do right now. And
0: that's hard because if you're kind of already in that pattern, you got to break that pattern. And I notice a lot. And for me, I've been in relationships where it's like we have a routine and a pattern that I didn't even notice was happening.
1: Yeah. They, they happen um mm-hmm. because if we don't form them if we don't guide right. them they're going to happen just based on
0: right just regular interaction. and interactions. that's really and that's really you're going to develop because, a rhythm again I kind of always relate things back to my normal friendships I don't have a pattern when I talk to my friends I text them and I call them when I do and or I send them lots of memes on Instagram but I don't, I don't know when that's going to happen. And I think for romantic relationships, we're like, oh, at six o'clock, he's going to call me. Or I know I'm getting a text from him any minute. I don't, that's, that's living in fear. I don't want to live like that. That's very anxiety-ridden. Yeah.
1: Right. I don't think like that ever. But you know what? I think there's something that I do lately where women seem to think I have mm-hmm. that expectation of them. Like, I'm expecting you to text me or call me. And I'm like, no, I, I figured you were busy doing whatever you were
0: <laughs> right doing before I
1: met you. I don't know. Like,
0: what did you do before we met?
1: Like, I know I have a litany of projects going on right now. So it's like, they're going to happen whether right. we're talking or not. And, and I don't mean to say that in a harsh way, but that's mm-hmm. just what it is. And um, I, it, it's it's odd how that happens, but some people are never mindful of those patterns until they develop Correct. into toxic patterns. And then it's really almost too it late is, to solve them. Well, it, depending on how you deep it that is, pattern, you know,
0: you know say so you have that pattern for two years and you ended up ending your relationship. Now every time you always talked for two hours from six to eight, whatever it is. Now, every day after you've broken up at six to eight, you're just going to have anxiety. Your chemicals in your body and all of your hormones are going to change because they're so used to that routine. And now that routine has been taken away. So you will have a physical reaction now based on that structure you built accidentally Mm. or not. And then you have to adjust out of it.
1: That's a whole nother dynamic. That's...
0: That's another hot mess. Yeah. That's going to happen.
1: Yeah, you're having withdrawals over not getting tech. Good morning. But it's so serious that that
0: is what will happen. Mm
1: hmm. Man. Yeah, I need to. (laughs) Good information, Rebecca. I'm going to have to update some things in my life. But, you know, what I was saying earlier Mm -hmm. about internal conversation. So, like, you know, my look on marriage is really evolving it changes I would say almost monthly you know it just depends like because marriage really is a legal distinction and so I don't like if you're living with someone in a long term relationship there are legal benefits of getting married so weighing those but I'm not looking at it and the like oh I love you so let's get married um no I actually had a buddy who ended up deciding it was time to get married because he found out there was um <laughs> tax benefits that's a great in reason our state, to get you know, married so. oh god
0: uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, he, he they had been together for a while. Yeah,
0: he, but that's not he, what you he, ever t- that
1: kind <laughs> <of> the, <laughs> But that was kind of the catalyst. <laughs> behind.
0: I mean, I as I think a female, I have, I think I'm sort of expected to be like, oh, I can't wait to get married, and I don't want, I don't want a diamond ring. I don't want. I'll take a wedding. Like that sounds fun. Like a small wedding. That sounds enjoyable to look pretty. Yeah, but. I don't think I don't need to be married that's not a requirement to me um that that doesn't define a relationship that doesn't make you a marriage isn't gonna make him stay it's not gonna make them loyal it's not gonna make them love you more it, it that doesn't change it. your relationship if your relationship was crap before he proposed guess what it's still crap
1: it's gonna be it's probably gonna be worse yeah now it's that gonna you're be worse
0: because you I just I don't know
1: marriage magnifies it does everything. and
0: then you kind of go back to expectations because there's girlfriend boyfriend expectations but there's also husband and wife expectations that might look very
1: different expectations mm-hmm. which are different yeah that behavior that i tolerated that i used to think was kind of cute <laughs> no that's done
0: and i i definitely Step up kind of admire those that have are in really long-term relationships for five, seven years and don't talk about marriage. Like this is my partner. We're together. This is my boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, whatever language you want to use, but you know, marriage isn't really on our docket and that's okay. And I definitely admire those people who kind of just love and be together without forcing more. Cause I think, okay, two years, we should be married by now or engage or this and that it's like it's okay it's no rush because first year everyone's on their best behavior second year you know you admit you don't really like their friends and family third year like they see you without your makeup your hair done especially if you're living in quarantine now with them so it's just I think it it takes time to be a little more authentic and to know who someone really is.
1: So really someone can graduate college by the time that you can start really being <laughs> authenticity with your uh, partner. your woman.
0: I mean, I joke all the time. Cause someone will tell me like, Oh, they just met like six months ago. They're getting married. I'm like, it'll take me six months to admit that. I'm like, I know
1: you. <laughs> I mean, but at I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> I've never been a hopeless romantic. So it's just not my, vantage point but at the same time you know right. I do believe that you can be with someone six years and have more chemistry with someone you've met for six weeks so so very for true. that I you know I fully believe in that but I definitely I'm just I'm not a hopeless romantic I'm a very realist in dating so it's hard for me to envision because I've never really experienced that But, again, it's just sort of timing and energy and all that good stuff.
1: So, have you ever seen the film, Uh, He's Just Not That Into You? So, the uh, Ben Affleck and Jen Aniston couple, they were actually the most healthy couple in the entire film. But because of that notion of marriage...
0: He still proposed at the end of the um, movie.
1: He still proposed at the Which end of Which kind movie. of annoyed me. <laughs> and and they it, after they had kind of decided right. that, that wasn't the route that they were going to go, they were just right. going to be cool with each other. And I, I mean, in their situation, it was kind of a, why not right. get married? Because I'm like, okay, maybe for legal reasons, you just saw what happened to your right. dad health-wise. Okay. Maybe he wants someone to be there for him, maybe you'd want to be there for Right, right. Okay, right. whatever. You know, I don't I don't I, I get all that. But just the the notion of like he had to kinda right. do that to really make her she was kind of gonna be like eighty percent happy. She, she was content, she was settling. She was gonna be content, yeah, and just trying to like, okay, well actually you're way better than the husbands my sisters and right. friends have.
0: know, that's what I'm saying. A husband doesn't make them a good man or
1: a good wife or a wife doesn't make them. Clearly. You know, and it's, so I think we just have to be careful about the reasons why we're doing certain things. Like, you know, one quick story, I know someone told me Mm -hmm. this, you know, uh, Girl, I know actually a couple of girls have told me similar stories, but they've said that they've um, either been married or that they've entered into long-term mm-hmm. relationships with someone. and they did not talk about mm-hmm. kids. So one situation was they um, this one woman already right. had a kid guy you know marries her they're a blended family cool and he was under the impression that okay like well we're together now so i want some kids with you you know i want mm-hmm. two or three kids you know right just with us and she, she was kind of <laughs> like well <"Whoa, laughs> i'm cool with the one yeah yeah <laughs> well these like, whoa 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 how did that conversation six years ago
0: yeah I yeah yeah. I know and I I, uh, gosh um it's just it's so I think that stuff should be talked about so much sooner and kind of going back to Ben Affleck and Jennifer Aniston in that movie getting married but like what he proposed and now he's suddenly amazing like he was kind of amazing before just be content be happy with that like yeah Right. They were cool. They were consistently exactly. the healthiest and couple. Exactly, and he was still a better man with or without that ring. Like, just get over it and be happy and find your own hobbies if you need another outlet in life. But, um, you know, right. for the kids thing, that's such uh, – and it's it's such a – it's a permanent decision, first of all. It's actually more important than marriage because those kids are with you. You are raising them. You're responsible for them. Right. There's a lot of financial no what, aspects into having children. And working with kids for as many years as I did, it's it's a burden. It's I mean, I love children, but it takes so much from you energetically, spiritually, physically. It's a lot. And if you don't have a strong foundation in your romantic relationship, this is why people get divorced. And it's such a huge decision to make and something that I think people think having a child is either going to bring them closer together. Having a child is going to fix their problems. If you put you in, if you have a couple that's already not doing well and you put them in a room with a baby and are sleep deprived, I guarantee your problems are going to escalate. So it's just, it's,
1: Absolutely. Ugh,
0: it's a hard thing to see people not discuss. And, you know children are a beautiful thing but i kind of you know personally made that decision for myself that physically i think it's beautiful physically it's not something i want to go through um you know for myself and that's something that when i get into a relationship i have to advertise cuz if they're expecting me to like birth their child they need to look elsewhere
1: yeah so would you, are you even considering like adoption at this point? Yeah, this for me, like... I
0: always, I want to have children in my life in some capacity. I don't know what I want that to mm-hmm. look like, um, whether I want it to be like a permanent situation where I adopt a child or whatever it is, but because I'm nowhere near that phase. Um,
1: right. So maybe yeah, being a foster I parent
0: or be involved, like
1: yeah, being a mentor. I, I
0: do want to join big brother, big sister program. Um, I do want to get involved, you know, in other ways, since I'm not working with kids currently now, and I'll take a moody teenager over like an infant any day. So I definitely want to have, you know, children in my life and be that mentor and that influencer for them.
1: I'm but the same physically way.
0: having children and having being a parent full time. I just I don't, I'm not willing to give up certain things in my life for that. I'm just not.
1: I, for me, it's, I want kids, but at the same time, I'm like, who, right I, I want to be very particular about who I actually right. have kids with. Like, I'm look, I'm not just looking at the person, I'm looking at yeah. the, like, family, like, who, what type of grandparents right. am I going to be giving my kid? what you know, like, influencing really your child? What, around? what morals? What yeah. background
0: you know if there's religious differences spiritual differences cultural differences are really important um to kind of look at especially if you're with someone in a different culture and kind of what that looks like so
1: it's it can't just be like oh I thought your mom was cute mm -hmm. and here you are like no no. you can't do that and
0: you have to agree on kind of how you're raising your kid because there's so many different parenting styles and options and even birthing options that women aren't aware of. And I won't get into all of that, but it's just sort of, I get frustrated that this knowledge isn't sort of more at the forefront of what people are talking about. And, you know, I've seen so many parents, you know, young parents with kids and they just, they really don't know what they're doing because they weren't taught. They have no experience with, with kids. You don't really get a do over.
1: You don't get a do-over and really all you can learn, your only real insight into parenting is from your parents and who knows what trauma is going on there, you know, from generational Mm -hmm. trauma. So it's not, and it's kind of weird to take a a health class or not a health class, but like a parenting course or it's just, there's a a stigma with that. And there's
0: a stigma with even, you know, talking about pregnancy and like nothing, not everything is, you know, Instagram worthy photo that's going on in your life. And I think I I like talking about the nitty gritty stuff because it's real.
1: That's what people need that information, though, to make better choices, to know that they had choices like, wow, if I knew I had that option, then. Things could be
0: completely exactly. different. And it's just, you know, we don't live in communities and women don't huddle around each other talking about these things and breeding babies all day long. So it's sort of, you know, taboo to to get into. But I think it's just...
1: And then there's the concept mm-hmm. of competition between, like, you know, within yep. your own gender, you know. It, and it happens with men too. You know, it's just like well, I don't know if I can share this information because Weak. then maybe I'll be mm-hmm. ostracized and seen as, you know, unlovable mm-hmm. and, you know.
0: No, for sure. And I think, especially for men, they're, oh, my wife's pregnant. I'm amazing. And I'm be a great dad and whatever it is. Like, okay, we'll show Which up. Which is not like, true for most people. <laughs> you know, step up a little bit. And that doesn't, that doesn't make it perfect.
1: You know, it's like, my mom had to tell my dad that like you can't call it babysitting <laughs> when you're watching your own kids
0: it's very true
1: and but that's like i don't think he was alone and no he's thinking not that, because though.
0: he's not used to being which the number one guardian of the children
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of crazy yeah. when you think about it like wait I'm babysitting. No, 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 no. that's no, your no. kid. Oh, <laughs> You're a baby- your <laughs> kid. <laughs> that's 50-50, right? There.
0: I mean, I've seen a lot of, um, like, if the grandparents are babysitting, grandpa's usually asleep and grandma's usually doing all the work kind of thing. So, um, right. you know, especially working at the school, I was at, the parents had to fill out paperwork, kind of, you know, child's name, who's allowed to pick up allergies and the, all the dads that filled out had no idea who was allowed to pick up their own children. They had to call their their wives. I I am that really? serious. They put them and their wives on that list, and then they're like, "I don't know who else is on this list supposed to be here." I have to call my wife. I don't know what my kids allergic to. I have to call my wife. They had they knew nothing.
1: You let your crazy sister Cheryl pick up the kids? No, I can't stand nothing. her.
0: It was wild every time, and I—I I mean, for the single fathers out there, you know, definitely commend them for that effort and stepping up. But for the most part, the ones that are in uh, partnerships,
1: they do nothing. It's, and, and that's a—I um, don't know if you've seen the movie *Marriage Story*. Think so. It just came out on that. No, okay. like December it came out. On Netflix, but it's actually a good film if you want to yeah, you know, check a new it out. I love Netflix Yeah, but there's a scene in there where they're talking about the concept of a mm-hmm. good dad, and I'm like, I started thinking about it, and what they were saying in the film it doesn't give away any spoilers <laughs> That's anything okay. like that. But I like spoilers. But just, <laughs> but just to kind of like it crystallized the fact for me like, wow, I actually think my dad's generation or my parents' generation was the first generation that actually had the concept Parenting. of mm-hmm. a good dad. You know, like before it was, you know, motherhood. The dad blah, blah, blah. worked and the dad came and home and the dad the was emphasis, right. But like you weren't actually responsible for a being
0: no. a good dad, mm-hmm. a good parent. Yeah. And it's I'll agree with you on that because I definitely think like my grandparents, um, my grandfather was kind of like that too. He was, he was the breadwinner. He came home when he's supposed to come home, but that was it. Um, But for, you know, my, my experience working at the school, there was a lot of divorced families and, you know, these, these dads that aren't, you know, the best looking anymore, they've let themselves go, but they were good dads and these women loved them. Like, oh, my God, they show up to their son's soccer games. Oh, my God, he's a PTA. Like, they were fawning over, like, the cringiest stuff, but stuff that makes them a good parent.
1: (laughs) Stuff that's, like, regular for any other mother to do, but, like, the fact that the dad who lost his job is just stepping up and kind of doing it now because he really has no other place to be, that's making him, like a desirable come on
0: but it was just so funny because they would like and he knew he was like hot stuff now because he probably wasn't growing up and you can tell he was just like eating it all up and he's just and it was i'm watching this in awe of like oh is is this is this gonna be my life in 20 years like i don't want this
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna be on the cover like dad dad uh, monthly pta meeting (laughs) yeah
0: definitely really funny of how I guess your priorities shift and I talked to my grandma about that because she's she's widowed and we try to you know get her on some apps and get her a partner and you know just someone to dinner with there are some pervy old men out there I'll tell you that but well you know what happens at (laughs) our nursing homes it's pretty it's a little too wild my grandma's like shut it down but her priorities is just like I want someone that can drive at night, <laughs> and, um, you know, go to the bathroom on his own, like some basic stuff. So it's just funny how you're the generations or where the stages are you are in life; those priorities shift. It's it's definitely interesting.
1: Well, yeah. One last thing, um, before you go. Tell us more about that video that you did of your grandma, <laughs> speaking of your grandma. That's the same grandma? Same grandma. Same grandma? Um,
0: okay. I've always mimicked her to her face. and
1: <laughs> I do the same with mine, too. Well, one of them. One of them, one of them I'm more scared of. Um,
0: I've always mimicked her. I'm very close with her. I definitely get her a lot because she doesn't say everything she's thinking. She kind of like tiptoes around it, so I say it for her. And I've always mimicked her. I've always made my family laugh for it. And I decided for her birthday, I was going to, you know, wear a wig and dress up and really do it up well because it was her 80th birthday. So I put on the wig, my mom did my makeup, and I did everything that she does. She answers the phone when she's in the shower because she doesn't understand voicemail. She worked to call people back. She like has to get her phone. She's, um, she always has her name tag on um wherever she is even though we know who she is um she's always trying to feed you when you're not hungry it's just all her little quirks we tried to put in one video and and make it really funny so some stuff is obviously personal not everyone will get but definitely just who my grandma is
1: (laughs) it was like so many different funny layers to it I like is very textured. I'm glad
0: you liked it.
1: Good job. Good. It was fun. I'm glad. No, I like the like bag (laughs) of chicken, but with her name on it. (laughs) She
0: is always (laughs) trying to feed people and her thing is a chicken. And I'm just like, all right, chicken at it. We'll go with it. And I don't eat meat. So she's always like questioning what I'm eating she's always questioning if I met someone nice and like, nope, still single, like met nice people, but not nope. dating any of them. So definitely uh, she's a good Jewish grandma. I call her
1: Bubby. Yeah. Call her Grams. Yeah. You call her Grams. <laughs> no, yeah, it was Grams on the video. Where am I getting <laughs> Bubby from? Totally grams on the video. Yeah. When you look it up on YouTube. It's
0: linked in, in my Instagram. So,
1: and what is the name of your YouTube um, channel? It's
0: just under Beautifully Buddha. Um, that's the only video on there. It's linked under my Instagram under the same name, Beautifully Buddha.
1: And what does beautif- Beautifully Buddha
0: mean? Um, I've always really loved Buddhas. I have like eight of them in my room in some capacity and I just, they're really just peaceful. They're really calming to me. I look at Buddhism as my spiritual practice and kind of how I look at the world. So definitely kind of relaying that and that energy out in the world. So just like a beautifully Buddha viewpoint.
1: And I, going to bring us more yes, content
0: I am trying to build that up and build more content and definitely work on that further and the more I learn the more I want to share
1: well awesome well we'd love to have you back on another episode yeah, if you're so inclined that. just let us know and um, thank you for thank you. coming on a today time. and sharing your story with us Okay. All right, bye see you later